This is Chicago's College Tailgate. Tailgate. Shay Norman and Tyler. Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Welcome in to Chicago's College Tailgate, the recap podcast coming to you on a Halloween Tuesday, a college football playoff ranking Tuesday. We're going to break down everything from the playoff, everything that we saw last week. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Twin Peaks. And Shay, I think we begin the conversation with what's going on in the Big 12, because just like that, poof, they may have killed their chances when our very own Dr. Pottinger was down at yeah. the game. I, th- I think we do have to read through some of the archives here. We should have because <laughs> Because of the uh, the text that we received from Justin while he was down partying in Lawrence. This was, so for those who don't know, Justin Pottinger, our fine producer, um, is a Kansas grad, and he was down at the game on, on uh, Saturday, and remember, there was the big weather delay and he left the game during the weather delay to go to a bar. He just he couldn't do it anymore with the rain and all that. So he left the game. He comes back to the game. I don't know how does he get back into the game. Did he buy know. another ticket? That was really odd to me. <laughs> I, I he leaves. Be, he, the rain is one, fellas. I'm out. I'm going back to the game. I'm like, do they have re-entry at Kansas? They don't give a shit. You just walk in there. I mean, it's not. It hasn't been a football school. Maybe just maybe, maybe just go. Bought, what if he bought another ticket? I think he may have. I, I would not rule that out. We're gonna have to ask him on Saturday when mm-hmm. he's back with us. Uh, I mean, the archive of, of Justin Ponger. The thing that makes me the most angry is both of us just did not take him seriously at all mm-hmm. when he woke up Saturday. 7:30 a.m. Eastern, or actually 7:30 a.m. Yeah. Central. Now that my phone is switched back. I was in Detroit over the weekend. From Justin to you and I, all caps, fuck the Sooners. Get loud, boys. Keep your fucking points. Rock, chalk, ML to the moon. And all I said was no. And then I replied with, Potsy, I'm unfortunately minutes away from logging an OU spread pick. I'm trying to save you now. I'm going to get so disgusting at this tailgate. Sold out in Lawrence. This guy's unbelievable. And this motherfucker won. Yeah. This guy. Dude, he did. This to guy, his credit, his picks have been pretty good on our show. They've been solid. I mean, listen, I follow him on the Action Network. He's a pretty good gambler. Yeah. I, I'm not insulting. I'm just angry because he woke up with a vodka IV. This guy's mainline in booze. Mm-hmm. And since he us, was up at 7.30 is already a, right. a miracle in and of itself. Sends us this all-caps aggressive we kind of angry. There was a, there was an aggression behind it about you have to bet Kansas money line, and I'm like motherfucker. I would be only ever on the other side of that, and we just didn't listen. We got to start listening to Pottinger. We might have to. I mean, he, he might he gives, us, he, he gives us the parlay pick every week, and he's pretty good. I think he may be undefeated on I, it. Yeah, I think he missed on one. Okay. I don't remember which, That's but I think he missed good. on one. That's still pretty good. You know, we're all doing pretty good in the parlay pick, except when I pick Oklahoma or when Cantu picks Oklahoma. They just might be a banned team. They're banned. They're they done. might be a you banned know team, especially after this game against <laughs> You know what else Kansas. they're banned from? The college football playoff. That, that as good well, work. because the, the Big 12, it looks... Grimmer and Grimmer. Now, a lot of things still have to play out. Of course, we're going to see a number of the teams ahead of Oklahoma in the latest AP polls lose. Just out of de facto, they're going to play each other, and eventually guys are going to and teams are going to lose. But I will say this uh, about this game. Like, Oklahoma, 
I, they had sort of been playing with fire for a little bit now, right? Like, that Texas game, they very well could have lost that game. And if they had lost that game, it would have been an excruciating fashion because they were dominant in the beginning of it. They come back out of the bye week. They nearly lose to UCF as well. At that home. game goes down to the wire, and then you go to Lawrence. Big atmosphere down in Kansas for that game. It was a sold-out crowd. Sure as hell didn't look like it at the end. But then you see the, the Jason Bean just has his homecoming moment there. Running I mean, free. He looked fantastic in this game, did enough to win for Kansas. Even though we got the reports before the game that Jalen Daniels was going to dress, I don't know what the point of that was, like emergency situation. I, I don't know what they were thinking there, but Jason Bean, you got to give him credit, goes out there and takes down Oklahoma and essentially dashes their playoff hopes. Yeah, it just to me, the Big 12's maybe dead. Like if you're Texas... They haven't been super impressive lately. I mean, you've survived Houston. They're the best team in the Big 12. Like, we kind of agreed in a rematch. Texas likely wins the rematch. Um, But now if you beat Oklahoma, what does it really mean? Like, you have to go up against Florida State, who looks like they're turning a corner. They blasted Wake over the weekend. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go up whoever wins the Big 10, whether that's Michigan or Ohio State or in a weird round-robin world, Penn State. You're going to have to go up against whoever wins the Pac-12 between it looks like Washington and Oregon and kind of starting to look like Oregon. And uh, then Georgia or whoever else wins the SEC, and it could be Alabama. And I'm sorry to Texas and Oklahoma, but if one loss Bama wins the SEC, they're going to the playoff, not mm-hmm. you. I would agree with that. Uh, so and- I just I feel like the Big 12 shot itself in the head. Yeah. And quite frankly, too, like you look at the way that the SEC could sort of play out. Like, there's a couple teams that are in this mix here to win the SEC. It's Georgia, it's Bama, it's Ole Miss. LSU still alive yeah, to win dead. the SEC. Quite frankly, I wouldn't rule out a two-loss SEC champion LSU taking it over the Big I would. Twelve. I, I was looking at the odds for the playoff. I think LSU's done. And it, like, if you look at the betting numbers, they've just been so completely out of the conversation all year because of the two losses. That I don't know that beating this Bama team, like again, LSU feels like a team that's in a lose lose because everybody believes this Bama team's not vintage. And if you beat Georgia in the title, but they're walking into it at 12 and 0, is it a TCU losing to Kansas State situation a year ago where LSU didn't do enough early in the season to really be playoff caliber and Georgia drops the game to him in the SEC title. But, hey, LSU, go have fun in a New Year's Six Bowl. Georgia's still going to the playoffs. That's how I think that shakes out. I just, there's two. But I'm talking in the context of a, a resume, Texas versus LSU. It may not mean anything for the playoff. Ultimately, those teams may be somewhere littered between five right. and eight. Well, that's where I would say, look, if Georgia gets to the title undefeated and loses to two-loss LSU, you have a one-loss SEC title mm-hmm. loser. Georgia still gets in to me at like four, but I they still agree. Yeah. they still get in. What is LSU doing to upset a Big Ten champion, a Pac-12 champion, and Florida State? You have to beat one of those three. Well, I'm not saying it's for a playoff spot. I'm just talking about them versus Texas. Ultimately, I don't think LSU is going to get in. No, that's where I'm just like LSU. Playoff rankings, yeah. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. they're dead for the playoff. They can win the SEC, but I I don't think they can make the playoff. But you're right. This does block Texas and Oklahoma. Yes, I I certainly agree with that. And, And, okay, so 
I think Texas, e- even with the, the head-to-head loss to Oklahoma, like right now the resume is certainly better with Texas. And you hear Sark banging the table yesterday about how they've got the best win of the season. Now, I would push back on that a little bit. I think that there's some better wins out there. Um, I think Ohio State has a few of them. I, I think um, Washington has a better win as well over what Texas has. But Texas does have one of the, what, three or five best wins in all of college football this year? Well, I think Ohio State at Notre Dame is in the top five. Ohio State at home against Penn Penn State State. is in Mm -hmm. the top five. Uh, I think Washington beating Oregon's up there. Oregon smashing Utah. I've got a thought on Utah. Are they bad? How are they any different than, like, your typical Iowa team? Like, even look at the numbers this year for them versus Iowa. Like, they're eerily similar. They've got an awful offense. Right now they're navigating with backup quarterbacks. The defense shows up and plays every single week. But quite frankly, and you see that when they run into good teams, like Iowa did against Penn State, like uh, Utah did against Oregon, they get smacked. Like, how are they any different than Iowa? I don't, and we talk down about Iowa every yeah. single week, but we give Utah the benefit of the doubt because we think that there's this lingering hope that the quarterback comes back, and yeah. now we know that the quarterback's not coming back. I think it's actually a good comp by you. Like, Utah could be the Iowa of the Big Ten. I'm not telling you the Oregon smashing Utah win is in that top five. Like, Texas beating Bama in Tuscaloosa at night, certainly ahead of mm-hmm. that. Florida State beating LSU still up there just because of the gravity of it. You have the balls to play that game week one. You get credit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's in there. I just... I, I don't think that winning at Tuscaloosa is the best win in the country any, or in the season anymore because I, I still don't buy this Bama team as vintage. Tyler, are you, like, where are you at with Bama? Bama's just a team that's sort of skating by right now, it feels like. As they continue to become a legitimate playoff threat, which I never thought we would say after they lost to Texas, I still don't view them as vintage. Milrow, to me, is average. The defense is good. The rushing defense, I think, I might have them backwards. The defense overall is good. Mm -hmm. And the offense is just kind of, they do enough. They run the ball. They they aren't great throwing it except against Texas A&M, who will not allow you to run and for whatever reason forgot to cover Jermaine Burton. But they, there's, I've said it all year, there's no Julio Jones here. There's no Devontae Smith here. Mm -hmm. There's no Jalen Waddell. You don't have, you know, Brian Robinson or uh, Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Or, or Najee Harris. Like or you, Najee Harris or Bo Scarborough even, mm-hmm. who didn't work out at the next level. But mm-hmm. you don't have that guy at any position on the team. It feels like the bubble pops. If it's not this week, it's next week with Bama. Because you play LSU this week. You'd imagine that's some sort of track meet back and forth. Um, and then... After that, you could have, okay, uh, a letdown performance at Kentucky in an 11 a.m. kick the next week. Like, I, I see this Bama bubble popping in the next week or two. Albeit, I will say this, they've outperformed what I thought they would do this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And they're three-point favorites at home against LSU. I almost feel like you got to bet Bama. Do you? LSU's I, defense what's is an, what's the total so on that game? bad. What's the total on that game? Uh, I have to look at a different website than ESPN to get that information. <laughs> you know, um, you'd think in the year of our Lord 2023 that ESPN, when they buy a effing sports book, I want to be careful not to swear with our partner at ESPN. It's 60. 
60. So you would think, though, that they would, you know, put the total it's in an the, easily I, accessible I, it, place. It is easily accessible. I click not on, on the, the game. app, asshole. I'm I, on the app. I, I click on the game. I see the total. It's not that hard to, to You have a it. computer. I have an app. <laughs> we got, we're living in different worlds. Um, anyway, let's let's we, we've gotten out of control here. Let's just get into the uh, uh, so we've got the playoff rankings coming out later today. Let's discuss what we think we will see when it all comes down and what should the top six. Let's go six because right. I think six is the number that's really important with this. I have to ask a question before we do this. Mm-hmm. Are we operating in a world? Where the Michigan, Michigan cheating scandal is impacting the rankings, or are we operating in a world where it has no impact? I want us I, to be on the same page with okay. it. Okay. Because still, I still don't know what's going to happen. I think it's a half-baked concept within how the rankings are going to reflect today. I think, like, it's there. They're still going to take into account what Michigan's done, but they may knock them down a few pegs because of everything that we've heard come out. Before we do this, let's have this little side conversation that very much relates. When you look at the AP poll, mm-hmm. Michigan last week had 19 first-place votes. Yes. This week, they had nine. Did they lose 10 pl- first-place votes because Georgia blasted Florida, or did they lose 10 first-place votes because certain voters will not vote them number one with what's looming over them. You said it was 10 first-place votes they lost. I'll say eight of them have to do with Georgia's performance. You think so? Yes. I wonder if any of them have to do with Georgia's performance. Because I just, and I I can't speak for other voters, I can speak for myself and how I would approach it, is if you believed Michigan was the number one team in the country last week and they didn't play a game, what changed between them being the number one team last week and the number one team this week. Georgia did what they were supposed to do. They were two touchdown favorites in a game where the opposing quarterback was Graham Mertz, and it's a middle-of-the-road SEC East opponent in Florida where the coach nobody likes. What are they, a 5-3 and three team now, Florida? Something like that, yeah. Georgia did what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. If you really believed Michigan was the best team last week, what changed? But I think part of it, part of the calculus here is the fact that they did it without their best player and maybe the with best a, offensive player. Lab McConkey was excellent. Brock Bowers didn't play. Mm-hmm. Carson Beck looked better. Like they may look at George as a team that's sort of rounding into form late in the year and is starting to get up for some of these big atmosphere games. I still just, if you thought Michigan was, I feel like the only thing that changed here's the thing, in if, your calculus is what happened at Michigan over the bye week. If you are a voter and you believe what Michigan and you're going to dock Michigan because of that, where are you voting Michigan? Like, you have to put them outside your top 25 if that's the case, right? Probably true. So they're still ranked two in the AP. It's just, I wonder why they lost the 10 first place votes. I don't think it's irrelevant, particularly when you think about J.J. McCarthy and the Heisman odds. Mm -hmm. Entered last week plus 140, dropped now to plus 300, plus 350, something Mm -hmm. like that. Again, in a week where he didn't play, Michael Penix was terrible. Well, he wasn't terrible. He, uh, they put up 40-something points. He threw four touchdowns. He wasn't great. It's uh, just back-to-back brutal weeks where he's throwing interceptions. You have to he survive. <laughs> he threw interceptions against Arizona State. Yeah. Fumbles. You have to survive against Arizona State. You have to survive against Listen, Stanford. it's not Michael Penix's fault when he puts up 42 points. No, but you get my point. He's mm-hmm. not put his two best performances together. 
I think over the, the four, past, a four touchdown game over 300 yards over is a pretty Over the past couple of weeks the turnovers are mounting. He's surviving bad teams. It, it not Arizona enough, State I'll give you. Like that was a terrible performance. Not but enough last for week, me I don't think is. Not enough for me changed for me to go okay Michael Penix should now be the favorite again over JJ McCarthy. I think McCarthy. Uh, enough change for me. In a week where he didn't play. Like I just I look at it and I wonder how much of this is people buying off of J.J. McCarthy and adding money on other guys because of the cheating. How much of the number dropping is the cheating scandal? How much of the first place votes losing is the cheating scandal? And now you have other things coming out of it. Was Connor Stallions on the Central Michigan sideline for the Michigan State opener? Was he on the sideline for a South Carolina game at some point? Like, all this stuff coming out, I just wonder what they're going to do with it. Okay, now, with that said, Mm -hmm. I'll choose to operate in a world where it doesn't matter. Okay, and the committee just ranks it based on the. If you, I think it's okay. You can you operate that way. I'm going to operate under the. I think it's a half baked thought in their minds. So it's something they're going to consider. Yeah, let's do that. It's something they're going to consider, but it's not damning enough to move them out of the rankings entirely. Yes, until until something is final and and the evidence is all laid to rest here. So uh, under that pretense here, I'm going to start with. Let's just start one and then go to six because I think that's more important because the Michigan conversation I think is the most interesting of it all here. I think because of the fact that there is a cloud hanging over Michigan right now, the the committee will put Georgia one. And Georgia coming off of a a 23-point win, a historic performance in the context of what that rivalry has been too between Georgia and Florida, I think the committee puts Georgia at one and then Michigan at two. I think the committee puts Ohio State at one because we know how much resume means to them, and I don't think anybody has a better resume. I think you have a Heisman-caliber t- skill player in Marvin ha- Harrison Jr., who has been mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. Everything is advertised. Weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, awesome. They've, so the- they've found, like, I love when this happens, when a team finds their play that is just automatic, and you see it all the time in the Heisman uh, tape at the end of the year. They found their play. It's that little crossing route to Marvin Harrison and just everyone else get the fuck out of the way, throw a block if you need to, and just let Kyle McCord hit the little dink and let Marvin Harrison do the rest. Yeah, I, I think Ohio State gets one because of the resume, like the Penn State win, the Notre Dame win on the road at night. We know 10 men in the end zone, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're just, you go off the result, the moment, everything that goes into it. The Ohio State defense is legit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think the committee looks at this, Best resume, best team. I don't know that they are the best team, but that's where I'd have them. Mm-hmm. Two, I think, kind of the same deal. Florida State had the balls to go and play LSU week one. Florida State has done nothing to warrant the complete lack of conversation around them. They have a quarterback putting up incredible numbers. They have a wide receiver in Keon Coleman who's awesome. They're undefeated, and their path to the playoff feels rather obvious Mm-hmm. Mike Norvell's done great work. I think they put Florida State too. I think that's where they slot Michigan. I think Michigan gets slotted at two. I, I don't get me wrong. Florida State has a fantastic resume, but if you look at the results of the Michigan games, albeit whatever cloud may be hanging over them, those are absolute ass whoopings. And quite frankly, I think it kind of is comparable to the magnitude of wins versus the the way that you go and win some of these games for Michigan. So. I, I think they'll put Michigan at two. At three, that's where I find Ohio State. Uh, at three, I have Georgia. Okay. So we flip our one and three yeah. there. Number four is where I have Florida State. And four is where I have Michigan. Okay. So we have our same four, but they're jumbled up 
in the the order there. Five and six, I think, is an interesting conversation. I have Washington five, Texas six. I have Washington five, Oregon six. Okay. Here's my thing about Oregon, all right? What's the resume there? Like, the resume isn't great. You've got the kicker. I know the Texas Tech thing sticks mm-hmm. out. You've got the kicker error loss uh, on the road at Washington. I like, think- if we do a side-by-side of the Oregon resume versus the, the Texas resume, I think Texas is significantly better. How much does the eye test matter to the committee? We're about to find out. Because like- if you watch Oregon play and then you watch Texas play and you think Texas is the better team, I think you're fucking blind. But if you look at the resumes, I think it's a no contest. Yeah, because the Alabama win, that's probably true. I think, look, Oregon just went on the road to one of the more hostile environments in at least the conference, potentially the country, and blasted mm-hmm. Utah 35-6. to I think you look, it's probably not fair, but with all the hype that around, surrounded the game, you got 19 Colorado coming in, and Oregon was the team that altered the conversation around Colorado. I know we view Colorado differently now, but we don't get to ding Oregon because they played Colorado at a time where they were hyped, and now we all think Colorado is the garbage we thought they were. Like, you don't get to take points away from them. Uh, playing Portland State, you get dinged. I'm sorry. You play Portland State. You don't State, get dinged. It's just not part of the Yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. You beat them 81-7. to seven. You played an FCS school. On the road to Texas Tech, it should have been a one-point victory. It turned into a seven-point victory because of a last-minute pick six. Hawaii, whatever. But I think when you look at the way they've taken care of business in conference, the way they could easily have won the Washington game, and just watching them versus Texas, I feel like Oregon's the better team. So pulling out uh, the football power index and like the strength of record and all that stuff, Texas has the sixth best strength of record. Oregon at 12 right now. Strength of record does mean something to the committee. I'd be willing to flip. If, when we're talking about what will happen, I'd be willing to flip mm-hmm. Texas in over Oregon. And it it won't matter to the committee because Oregon will decide their fate right. when they rematch with Washington. Right. All right and so the winner of that game will make the playoff. If we were on the committee, how are you shaping this thing out? We can go 6-1 to one here. How, and, and we both said at the, at the before we hit record on today's show, we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, we have a new number one team in the country in our in each other's eyes. Well, so we're going to find out if we have the same team. How? So I have a different concept. How I would rank them mm-hmm. is not who I believe is the best team. Who I believe is the best team has changed. But you I'm wouldn't rank them as number one? No. But okay. I'm interested to then hear... I think we have a different number one team. That makes this very, very exciting to me. I'm interested to hear where you think they should be ranked. Uh, all right, so I'll start at six. For me, in the should-be situation, it's Oregon. I still have Texas. I think if I'm if I'm ranking right now, I'm, I'm going with Texas. I test means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I, ju- I watch both teams play. Oregon just looks better. And I came away from the Washington game feeling like Oregon was the better team that got the worst result. Like, I'm still in that place. Oregon's responded by smashing two opponents in conference. Mm-hmm. They feel like a freight train right now. I, I would rank the Ducks sixth. Okay. I've got Texas at six. I'm going Washington at five. Yeah, I am as well. All right. Number four, who do you have? I'm going to go Florida State at four. Um, and I know I just said the committee will rank them two. I would rank them fourth because I don't – they haven't won convincingly enough. Mm-hmm. Like they they blasted Wake. It's Wake. Mm-hmm. Wake played like three quarterbacks in the game. You, you bombed Syracuse. Mm-hmm. 
but there's too many moments where you look sleepy yeah. and you're hanging a lot on the LSU win. LSU's lost two games. I can't pimp you that much. So I would have Florida State four. Okay. Um, I also have Florida State at four. Um, I thought that was going to be your team that you thought was the best team in the country. Uh, or not not the team that I thought, but when like we started to talk through it a little bit more, I thought that was the team you were going to put at number one. Now well, I'm, You're going to get I'm angry convinced. at me when I tell you who the best team in the country is. I think I'm convinced uh, we have the same team. Um, all right, number three, who do you have? Uh, number three, I'd have Ohio State. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Number three, I'd have Georgia. Okay, that's what I have at number yeah, three. I had that wrong. Number three, I'd have Georgia. Just the resume's not there. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'd have Ohio State. Number two, I would have Michigan. And I think number one is Ohio State. And I think Ohio State is the best team in the country right now. Is the best? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, number one, I would have Michigan. You think Michigan's the best team in the country? I think they should be ranked number one. Okay. Because, uh, listen... I've said I'm pro-cheating. I do think the NCAA is going to smoke them, rake them over the coals, bend them over, whatever you want to say. I don't know that they're going to be eligible to play in the postseason this year. I don't. But I don't really care that they cheated. It doesn't bother me. I'm not clutching my pearls over it. You do what it takes to win. And in the results that I've seen and the play that I've seen – I'm not calling into question that their talent is that much better than everybody they've played. They are blasting teams. Mm-hmm. They're, they're 8 no in a cheating or non-cheating world. They might have the best team in school history, and they've had some really fucking good teams. So, for me, Michigan should be number one. I don't know that it's going to work out that way, because I still wonder what the NCAA, what the committee, and what the Big Ten ultimately do with this. But I, today, I think Michigan should be number one. So this I, is the 10th year of the playoff. In the previous nine, the AP and the CFP initial rankings have differed with their number one team three times. Yeah, so it'll be interesting last to see. Year. I don't think Georgia will be one. You I don't? just, I don't. Uh, so who's your, who's your team that you think is the best? You're going to get mad at me. Why, why am I going to get mad at you? Oregon. Huh. I'm there with Oregon. Every time I watch, I th- dude, I will go to my grave. That game goes to overtime. Oregon wins at Washington. The way Bo Nix has played on the road this year, he's been stellar. To me, when you look at the numbers in the Heisman market, he feels like the most likely winner. Plus 550 today. Oregon playing freight train football. They just fucking smash you. I mean, that Utah defense, supposedly Kyle Whittingham's best defense, and Oregon's running all over them. The de- their defense is flying around. I'm not telling you Bryson Barnes is great, but they're creating turnovers. They do not let you run the ball. They are so complete to me. They have corners that can play on islands and compete with some of the best wide receivers in the country. Bo Nix looks every bit one of the three or four best. I'm not telling you an NFL prospect. One of the three or four, maybe one or two best quarterbacks in America. I, Dude, I think they're awesome. Dan Lanning has won me over. The defensive line, the offensive line, both super physical. Here's what I'm wondering. Is Dan Lanning's aggressiveness going to come back to bite them in the ass at some point? Could it come back to bite them in the ass in a Pac-12 championship game and basically what could be a loser-leaves-town matchup in the Pac-12 championship? Could that hurt them? My question is, would he have been as aggressive as he was against Washington if they had been playing that game in Autzen? Or if they've been playing at a neutral site. site. Is he being as aggressive? 
because it felt like it kind of feels like it's his DNA, though. Like Colorado felt like he was being aggressive because he wanted to make a statement. This team is not what you think they are, and we are going to show you just how fucking good we are. That felt like a different kind of aggressiveness. The Washington game felt like he knew on the road in that building, we're going to need every drop out of this. And kind honestly, Tyler, that's the spot where it bit him in the ass. And you just kind of got to go, I hope you learn from the mistakes. Because if he kicks a field goal on those two red zone trips, well, guess what? You beat Washington. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And that's where the aggressiveness bit him. I think they win the rematch. And I think when you get to the playoff, who who wants to play them? Uh, uh, listen, I don't they got think speed at every position. Their running backs it, are incredible. They're uh, great in the trenches. Bo Nix has been awesome. I don't think Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Florida State want to play either of the teams out of the Pac-12. Yeah, I would. Like, there's yeah. a world where the Pac-12 could get shut out if things really break wrong for for the conference. But like, what game is left on Oregon's schedule that we think they'll lose? They get Cal at home. Mm-hmm. Cal coming off of a heartbreak loss to USC. Mm-hmm. A two-point conversion away from ending USC. Right. That game's yeah. in Autzen. Oregon's a 24-point favorite. That feels like a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. That feels like Cal comes to town with no energy and just right. gets murdered. Mm-hmm. You, you follow that up with USC at home. Then you've, you're at Arizona State, home against Oregon State. The the final three games, I think, or the final four games, I should say, feels like you, especially with three of the four being at home, should take care of business. I think you pump Cal. I think you pump USC. I think you pump Arizona State. The only one that worries me is the Civil War at the end of the year. But even then, is DJU walking into Autzen against this defense? They just lost to Arizona, too. Arizona's a sneaky good team. Out yeah, of they 12. are. They're like fun. Yeah, I, I, I've always said Arizona's the best, like, chase after dark I, I had them on Saturday night, and that was a feel-good. On a day that I didn't do great, Arizona gave me a little feel-good spot at the end of the night. There you go. Yeah, Oregon State, their season's, you know, they can't win the Pac-12 unless they beat Oregon and other things break their way. So, to me, Oregon might pump four games at the end of the year, two of them against ranked opponents, and then you go to Vegas for a rematch with a team you've already played. It's really difficult to win the game twice. Oregon wins that. There's a chance that they enter the uh, college football playoff with as good a resume as anybody else, if not better. Like if the Big Ten round robins, Oregon with one loss to Washington and a win in a rematch. You don't have a – like, okay – before any conference championships, you don't have a really quality win in terms of the opponent, in my opinion. Yeah, probably not. But w- once you get, eh, USC probably diminished by the fact they're not good and you play it at home. Will Oregon State be a quality win? We'll Is see. Utah at Utah a quality win? Uh, I've, I've said my piece on Utah. They're Iowa. They're, they're a glorified yeah, Iowa. You texted me during the game and you said... Oregon has erased everything that came with losing to Washington with this but performance. But then I dived into it a little bit more, and I was like, eh, I don't know if they actually have. I don't know if Utah's that good. Man, but we can't just go. Look, they were 13th when you played them, number 13 in the country. Oregon, sure, six-and-a-half-point road favorite. But when you go in and smash somebody, a ranked conference opponent on the road, you still get points. You get points, no doubt about that, but I don't think it's as many points as maybe we're making it out to be there. Well, it is what it is. To me, if, if I were going to place a bet, and I'm not going to do it yet, 
If I were going to place a bet, I would play Oregon uh, fourteen to one for the national championship. I don't think it's a bad wager. I don't. I think that, like Oregon's a team that could like if I look at these teams that we're putting into the play. I think a lot of different teams could win this. So, all right, let's. Uh, what, what else you want to get to here from uh, the week? Because it seems like we've got Bears news that they need the studio for. Oh so. boy! Uh, all right, quickly, Dabo Sweeney. I don't know if you feel differently than I do, but he lit up some guy calling the coaches show. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what? yeah, yeah, Tyler. Mm-hmm. What a clown! <laughs> I'm out on Dabo. I, I look. I get it, but you are four and four. You make eleven million dollars a year. You gotta have a little show of accountability. Things are going badly. You can't light up a fan. You just I, can't. I, I think he did a good job of setting, uh, of just, I think the guy deserved it. I think he should have been torched. Um, I, I'm Team Dabo on that one. And I'm not typically Team Dabo, but I, I'm Team Dabo on that one. Um, John, uh, Jim Harbaugh says his contract uh, being rescinded is not entirely, doesn't seem entirely accurate. Uh, that kind of felt like a, an Aaron Rodgers immunized comment to me. Um, I think it's true that it's been rescinded. I also think it's not a big deal. Yeah, something has materially changed in the process of a contract negotiation. You're going to pause and take back an offer. That's then, what's going to happen. Brian Ferentz, see ya. About fucking fun. time. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate, the recap podcast with you every single Monday or Tuesday after the week. It's all brought to you by Twin Peaks. We'll talk to you Saturday. All things college football for Week 10.